story. I, haven't, I don't know his biography. I don't know any of those things. But I do know one thing. Probably two. One, he's crazy. The other, Luke Akins knows how to take a risk. He knows how to risk. Because at some moment, he had to think, is this a good idea? Right before the hatch opened and he either got pushed out or jumped out. <laughs> he had to think about that, but he had to make a decision. A split second. Luke Akins knows how to take a risk. We're going to talk this morning a lot about risk. We're going to talk a lot about risk this morning. Last week I began a, a little quick series called Back to School. It was just a little two-part thing as we're, as we're sort of orienting our lives around school. We're thinking about school. Certainly we've got uh, Missouri S&T is starting this week, and, and uh, we've got different campuses that are starting high school. And, and, you know, there's just lots of different school happenings that are going on, and, and people are jumping back into the routine uh, of things. And, and uh, certainly we want to think about that. But here's the thing. We're thinking about... What does risk look like? John Wimber, who was the founder of the vineyard, used to say that faith was spelled R-I-S-K. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. Now, I think he actually knew how to spell faith, but what he was saying was that, that faith, in this faith journey with Jesus, we don't always associate it with risk. We don't always think about faith and risk being hand in hand, but they actually are. And we're called as followers of Jesus to continually push into the risk of Jesus. The decision of the risk of Jesus. As a follower of Jesus, if you're here this morning you're a follower of Jesus, you need to know that Jesus is very interested in your growth and maturity. If you're here this morning and you're not a follower of Jesus, can I just pause and say thank you for coming. Thank you for being here this morning. That's a big deal. It's a big deal, and we're glad that you're here. And we're going to talk about what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. So that'll be the context, but please know that there's always that invitation to be a part, to join what Jesus is doing and make your own personal decision of faith. Jumping back into what Jesus says. He's always calling us into situations that feel just a little risky, sometimes a lot risky. He's calling us into situations to cause us to grow and to, and to mature us in our faith. You see, here's the thing about Jesus. He is not interested in stagnation. He is not interested in us just being stagnant, uh, just being sort of a body of water that just sort of collects everything. He is very, very interested in our growth and our development and our maturity so that we can enjoy the good things of this life and the good things that he's given us. Now, it is true that Jesus invites us all and that every one of us at that moment of giving our lives to him it looks very different. Some, some of you have come out of great crisis and great um, even depression and and. and addiction and, and your story is just wonderful and amazing and some of you would might say this morning that you know what I've been a follower of Jesus since I was born I just was sort of born into a Christian family and and just always knew that Jesus was for me and he was with me and and uh, and either of those experiences are, are, are equally as important equally as important but you need to know that as we come to Jesus as we are 
He's not interested in us staying that way. Like He's got this wonderful plan for us to grow and to mature in our faith so that we can enjoy Him better. So that we can enjoy that relationship more and experience the good things of this life. Just think about your own growth. Think about your own growth physically. Think about your own growth as a person, even developmentally, as a baby or as a toddler. I mean, you did things when you were a toddler that didn't make a lot of sense. Right? I mean, you probably did, but you just don't continue to do those things, right? You continue to learn that if you raise up underneath the table, it's going to hurt. You're going to bonk your head. And so as an adult or as a, as a maturing person, you, you get out from underneath the table. You, you realize that, you know, if I do that, I'm, it's going to hurt. The same thing is true spiritually. The same thing is true spiritually, that we're growing and we're continuing to grow. And we're not doing making the same mistakes or doing the same things that we did early in our life with Jesus. He's calling us into growth, but that growth happens as we take risks. Here's what's happened in the church, I believe. Just let me speak to you for just a moment. Here's what's happened, I believe, in the church. There's been a, a, a message that's, that's diverted from the, from the message of Jesus, if you will. And the message really comes across, either intentionally or sometimes unintentionally, that you give your life to Jesus, and then you work really hard to be a better person. I hear that almost daily. Oh, I'm sorry, Pastor, I did this. Or I'm sorry, Pastor, I did that. Or, I'm, and it has nothing to do with me. It's not like they hurt me. It's like, I'm sorry that I, that I said that word. And I'm like, okay. Okay. But that's the idea that we get through church is that that you give your life to Jesus and then work really hard to be a better person. I just want to say to you, because I love you guys, that's not true. And I just want to say to you, and I want to ha- hear this collective gasp, that Jesus is not primarily interested in you being a better person. Thank you. <laughs> that was really good. Excellent. I love second service. You guys are great. That he's really not primarily interested in you being a better person. In fact, you being a better person really isn't the goal. You go, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. Well, I would say if you say that doesn't make sense, then you probably have misunderstood or misheard, or it was mistold to you that that's what Jesus wanted. Because he doesn't want you to be a better person. Primarily, what he wants is for you to follow him. That's what he wants. He wants you to love the mission that God gave him as much as he does. Now, the residual of that is that you will be a better person. So don't throw rocks at me. The residual of that is you will be a better person because you're going to learn through following Jesus how to love fully, how to be kind, how to forgive. And those, those things you know, make us better people, make us someone that you know, people want to be around. And so that is part of it. But Jesus is way more interested in his mission than he is you fixing yourself. Way more interested. And I think that's awesome. I think that's awesome. So what I want to do is join him in his journey, in his adventure. I want to say yes to Jesus every day. Like, I'm all in today. I want to follow you. I want to do what you say. 
Therein lies the risk. Therein lies the risk. Now, some of us here this morning, if you've been a follower of Jesus for some period of time, you would say, at least over the, some point in your life, you would say, sometimes I feel stuck. I feel stuck in my faith. Either by choice, like I'm out, this following Jesus thing is not what I thought it was, so I'm checking out, I'm, I'm just whatever, the church is full of hypocrites, I'm out. Um, it could be a whole variety of reasons. And for the purpose of our recording out of the 400 people that are here this morning, there might be 400 different thoughts. <laughs> Let it catch up. There might be that many different thoughts, but it is true that we can't get stuck. And it is true that sometimes we get comfortable in certain ruts, and we find ourselves in ruts. So i got a quick video to just demonstrate someone that's caught in a rut. So pay attention to the screen, please. <laughs> there you go, right? So that's, that's a little uh, humor that, that's pointed. No, I want both of them. Okay. No, I'll take that one. All right. So that's a, little, that's a little humor that's pointed, but the, the truth is that sometimes we do get stuck, and sometimes we do get stuck in that comfortable place, and, and when we're um, approached by Scripture as we're going to our Bibles and we're thinking about Jesus and we're coming to church, we're challenged to grow, and we're like, no, what if I don't know the answers? What if I don't know what it's like there? What if, what if I do this? I'm, you know, there's a chance I might fail, and, and I just don't know, and so sometimes that fear of, of the unknown causes us not to take risk. In fact, oftentimes the fear of the unknown causes us not to take risk. And we miss so much. We miss so much. And I know that Jesus doesn't want that for us. So we're going to look today at someone who took a great risk. We're going to look at his example, and we're going to see what we might be able to learn from his risk, and then see how that could apply to our lives. If you have a Bible with you, you wouldn't mind turning with me to the book of Matthew. It's the first book in the New Testament which is the second half of the Bible. The book of Matthew. If you don't have a Bible, we do have some that are in the windows, and we also have Wi-Fi. So if you use a phone or a tablet or something, um, you can join in that way. You can follow along that way. And I'll have the words on the screen if I didn't mention that already. We are in... Uh, Matthew chapter 14, Matthew chapter 14, we'll begin in verse 25. Would you stand with me as we read God's word together? It says this, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to his disciples walking on the lake. Really? No response? Wow! That's amazing. Jesus went out to his disciples walking on a lake. They're in a boat. He walks out to them on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost. They cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It's me. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, Jesus said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and he, started, he began to sink. And then he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. 
and said, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the opportunity to, to learn from you, to participate with you. Holy Spirit, I release just your blessing of presence this morning. That as, we, as the word is read, God, it just come into our hearts and cause faith to stir. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Go ahead and have a seat. Go ahead and have a seat. So that's a familiar story. Even if you haven't been around church very often um, or very much at all, if you didn't grow up in church, you're probably somewhat familiar with that story. If you remember, there was a movie, oh gosh, I don't know, 10 years ago or so called Bruce Almighty, starring Jim Carrey, and he ends up you know, getting God's powers and he gets released as God um, in this crazy, funny way. And uh, one of the first things that he does as he discovers that he actually has God's power is he's walking through a parking lot and there's a puddle of water that he had stepped in before and he yelled out because he'd stepped in it before and he, you know, he got his pants and shoes all wet and everything and he, he goes and he steps on that same particular puddle accidentally and doesn't sink. So he walks on water and so that clicks in his head that something in fact is actually happening. It's a familiar story, but it's a phenomenal story. Perhaps you heard it in Sunday school, if you grew up in Sunday school. And if you did, well, all of us will have a particular hurdle that we have to overcome in hearing this story. If we're going to be honest, and and man, do we value honesty. All of us are going to have a particular hurdle to go over. If you grew up with it in Sunday school and it was on the flannel graph, then it's possible that that you could just keep that contextualized to a children's story. Oh, that's just a children's story. It's just a nice story. It's a fun story. It's, you know, it's interesting. It's, it's exciting some, but, but it's just a kid's story. And if you're here this morning, morning and you've not yet given your life to Jesus, you're going, and, you, and maybe you're a, a student here at MS&T, and you're thinking that's, that's like physically impossible, okay? You just don't walk on the water. That's just physically impossible. Each one of us will have some hurdle as we're coming to Scripture this morning. Something that we're going to have to to grapple with a little bit because it's fascinating. It's amazing. But in fact, it did happen. In fact, it happened exactly the way that the Bible describes. That Jesus did walk on water and he did call his disciple Peter to come out of the boat and walk on that very same water. Now the context for this particular account You could back up and read it if you wanted to. You could add it to your reading for this week. But all the way through Matthew 14, um, the beginning of Matthew 14 gives the account of Jesus' cousin being killed. His name was John the Baptist. And, And Jesus and John the Baptist were close. They were very close. Their families were close. And uh, it broke his heart. It broke his heart when he gets the news of John the Baptist. And then from there he's teaching and and. It's growing late in the day, and as he's teaching his disciples, light comes on. The moment the light comes on and says, these people are probably going to be hungry, and the food that is for them is a long ways away, so what are we going to do? And Jesus um, has this miracle of provision of feeding the 5,000. And so all of this is happening in sequence. And it's at this point that Jesus figures out or discovers That with all of that emotional energy spent, with all of that spiritual energy spent, with all everything that's been going on, 
He's got to get away. He's got to recharge. He's got to spend time with God. And so that's his plan. You guys, his disciples, you guys go ahead. We're going to go where we're going to continue the mission is going to be on the other side of the lake. But you guys go ahead and go because I need to spend time with God. I need to spend time recharging with my heavenly father. And so all the disciples crawl in the boat and they take off. And the waves and the wind begin to kick up. And all of a sudden, in the middle of the night, here's Jesus walking on the water. They're not sure, but Peter calls out to him and he takes off and he walks across the water a few steps who knows exactly how many steps but peter took a risk peter took a risk by putting one leg on the other side of the boat and then the other and then getting out if you're following along in your outline here's the first Blank, to grow, to grow in your faith, you're going to have to take risk. I mentioned at the outset that Jesus is always drawing us, calling us, pulling, wooing us, if you will. You want to use that word into maturity, into growing in our faith. If you want to know what Jesus is up to right now, you can know two things. He loves you very, very much and he wants you to grow. You can know those two things. And then he presents Peter with this opportunity to take a risk and subsequently grow in his faith. And what a risk it was, huh? What a risk. I mean, to me, that's on par with a guy jumping 25,000 feet out of an airplane without a parachute. Stepping out onto choppy water, walking on it. Wow, right? Wow. Wow. So what's going on in Peter's mind? What's happening in Peter's mind? Well, we don't, we're, we don't quite know. Um, we're not quite sure what's happening um, in his mind. What caused him to say, Jesus, if that's you, I'm going to come out there. We know from Scripture that Peter was one of the more rambunctious, if you will, one of the more vocal. He was a part of the three, which was James and John and Peter, that were closest to Jesus. That was his particular inner circle. Maybe he was um, leading by example with his other disciples. We're, we're, we're not sure. We're not sure exactly what's going on in Peter's mind. I would like to think that he was motivated by relationship. That he was motivated by love. That he connected with Jesus that way. We're not quite sure what was going on, but we absolutely know that he took a risk. But what was Jesus thinking? I mean, think objectively for just a moment. Take off your Sunday school or your church glasses for just a moment and think objectively for a moment. I mean, is Jesus just showing off? I mean, couldn't he have found another boat? Couldn't he have paid somebody else to put him in the boat? Couldn't he have found a different way to get across the lake? Certainly he could have. Certainly he could have. But what Jesus is doing with Peter is similar to what he's doing with us today. Jesus is ahead of us, saying to us, follow me, join me, take a risk, step out on the water. 
Now, what is the boat? What's, what about the boat? The boat symbolizes comfort and security. These guys are fishermen. They know boat. They know water, right? There's some level, even in the midst of a storm, there's some level of security in that boat. Like unless the boat turns over and capsizes, we're going to be okay. We're going to be able to ride this thing out. A sailor knows that. Here's the thing. I used to be in the Navy, so I kind of experienced this, and it sounded crazy to me at first because I grew up in Texas, and there's no water there where I grew up. But when, when there's a hurricane, there was a potential hurricane coming in, and our boat was stationed, our ship, I shouldn't say boat, our ship was stationed on the eastern half of Florida up near Jacksonville, and there was a particular hurricane that was coming in, and what they said to us is, you need to get to your stations, you need to get to your, your divisions, because we're putting out into the water. And I'm like, wait a minute. Hurricane, putting out into the water. But yeah, that's, what, that's actually what they would do. Because it's safer to be out in the water than tied up at shore when there's a hurricane. See there? Who knew? I didn't know, but it's true. So there's some, where I'm going with that is there's some level of security from being in a boat, even if it's in a storm, in the middle of the lake. So the boat symbolizes Peter, Peter's security and some level of comfort. And what Jesus is saying to him is step out of your security and your comfort and follow me. And that's absolutely directly applicable to what he's saying to us today. Step out of your comfort, step out of, out of your security, and follow me. Follow me. When's the last time that you risk something for Jesus? And what's your boat? What's your boat? What boat are you in right now? You go, Matt, I'm not in a boat, I'm at church. What's wrong with you? Symbolically, what is your boat? What's your comfort zone? What are you? What are you? What are you staying in? Perhaps it's a it's a relationship. Perhaps it's a location. I don't know. I don't know what your boat is, but I know that we're all in one. Figuratively, we're all in a boat, and Jesus, I know, is calling us to get out of the boat, to step out of our comfort zone. Why? Because he wants to torture us? No, because he wants us to grow so that in our growth we can mature and experience the goodness of this life. We can experience all that he has for us. As we grow, as we mature, he's asking us to risk, take a step, get out of the boat. Get out of the boat. Now, I love this about Jesus. I'm, I'm watching this and, and, and I'm watching Peter and it's just a fascinating exchange and it's just so fun to just sort of be an outside observer and just to check it out and watch it. And Peter, as he's stepping, all right, he's stepping out of the boat onto the water. You're thinking, all right, he's got this thing made. That was all that he needed to do, right? No, Jesus says, keep walking. Keep stepping. Second blank there in your outline, this is what happens. Each step towards Jesus has a certain amount of risk in it. And the truth is, the further you get away from your comfort and your security, the more risky it feels. Because 
if this is the boat and Peter steps out of the boat onto the water, he can still reach the boat. He could still dive back into the boat, potentially. He could still, even from here, he can still lunge at the boat. But not so much here. Here he's really, really trusting Jesus as he walks on water. <laughs> right? As he walks on water, he can't reach the boat. He can't reach his comfort and security anymore. He's completely and totally dependent on Jesus. And every single step has a certain amount of risk associated with it. Now, it's important to pause here. It's important to pause here. Because, man, do I want this message to come straight into your heart. So it is important to pause here because I get it. The potential for this message to go, whoo, is high. Because it's just so, wow. Yeah, Matt, I want to get out of the boat. I want to get out of the boat. It's exciting. I want to make a difference. I want to make a change. I want to do something. I, wanna, I want my faith to be active. I want to I join Jesus in his great good work in our world. And then it just goes whew, right by us. It goes right by us because we can't either identify our boat or we begin to sort of compare ourselves to others. And then we disqualify ourselves because our boat is different than someone else's boat. And stepping out of that boat onto the water looks very different. And somehow, if it's not as good as the person next to us or that other person in the other that you know is really spiritual and really prayerful, then you just disqualify yourself. And you go, well, my boat's junk. So here's what I know. Each of us are in different places of faith. Each of us are in different places in our relationship with Jesus. And someone else's stepping out of the boat is going to look different than yours. It might look very different than yours. And I also know, and I really, 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 really need to say this, is that one of our highest values here at Vineyard is every person has worth and every person has dignity. And so you may be coming here this morning in a really fragile place. You may be coming here in a very broken place. Like you may be very scared. You may be very nervous. You may be very... And, and hearing this kind of message could be so like overwhelming. You're just like, dude, I'm checking out. I need to say to you, listen. You coming here this morning could be stepping out of the boat. In fact, I'm sure it was for some of you. You just even, even thinking, beginning to shift your thoughts towards Jesus. Like, is this guy real? Was the story real? Is his love real? Is there a God? That's stepping out of the boat. Okay? That's the same, that's the same thing. It's stepping out of the boat. Now, some of you... Or, or, or have been following Jesus a little longer and, and coming to church doesn't feel like much of stepping out of the boat, but maybe I would say to you that your stepping out of the boat means that you're going to be kind to the very next person that you see. Not because they have anything to give you or there's any benefit for you in the relationship, but because Jesus is. 
Or maybe you're going to go further than that. Maybe stepping out of your boat means that you're actually going to pray for somebody in Walmart this week or Kroger or Lowe's or whatever public place it is where you run into somebody that's hurting and broken and you go, I know the God who heals and restores. Could I pray with you and ask him to intervene? Stepping out of the boat looks very different. But every one of us are called to step out of the boat to take a risk, to take a risk to step out onto the water so that in that risk we can experience something of Jesus that we never would have been able to. Jesus, or Peter would never have been able to experience Jesus' rescue if he had never stepped. If he would have never taken a risk. And I so get pumped up by this because I'm, I'm like Peter. I would rather die on the water then stay safe in the boat. I mean it. I'd rather die on the water than stay safe in the boat. So Jesus calls Peter. He steps out. He takes the risk. Moving that forward, he's, he's calling us out to take a risk. We get challenged to identify what our boat is. We get challenged to decide how we can take that step how we can make that risk, how we can risk whatever it is that we're risking, our security, our finances, whatever those things are. Here's what happens. And I'm not sure that it could have happened any other way. Peter goes on, continues to grow in his faith. He hits bumps and bruises and rocks along the way in his journey of faith. But ultimately... Peter and a few others become really the foundation of the church. Peter, by many accounts, has been identified as the first pope, if you want to think of it that way. Certainly, he was foundational in the beginnings of the church. Began a movement through Peter's faith and his risk. Here's what I know. God's still in the business of beginning movements. There are still numbers and scores of people who don't know Jesus yet. And He's wanting, waiting, desiring to start a movement in you. If you'll step out of the boat. In this room, there are movement makers. I believe it. Do you? I believe it. History changers, world changers, world shapers, getting out of the boat, getting out of the boat, and everything around you is going to say, alert, this doesn't make sense, alert, do you know that the winds are, are high, do you know that the waves are high, do you know that there's tremendous risk? I know all of those things, and I'm holding on to Jesus. God may be calling you to bring a revolution to University of Missouri Science and Technology. He may be calling you to be the revolution in the Rolla Public Schools. He may be calling you to be a, rel a revolution just somewhere in our community. But I know that that's what He's doing. For me, one of the ways that he's calling me to step out of the boat, and I'm just being really 
honest, transparent as I can be. One of the ways that he's calling me, I believe, to step out of the boat is to work towards racial reconciliation and understanding in our community. And so to do that, that's like way out of my comfort zone. That's, that's something that's, I, I, you know, I, I don't know a lot about. So what I do, I, I step out of the boat. I call a couple of African-American pastors here in our community. And I say, I want to get to know you. I just want to talk. I want to hear your story. I want to know what the dangers are that you face. I want to know how you talk to your kids. I want to know how you raise your kids. I want to know everything. And we're getting to do that. For me to take a risk is to lead our church to care for those who are disadvantaged through the creation of the mission, the free laundry area and meals throughout the week for people who are in difficult situations, for people who need someone to love them, to just say, hey, I'm glad you're here. There's risk associated with that. But I'm so happy to do it. I'm so happy to do it. And I can't tell you how much I've been able to grow through hearing people's stories that come into the mission and how they've touched and changed my heart. Step out of the boat. What's your boat? The last blank there on your outline. The risk for Jesus is always worth it. The risk for Jesus is always worth it. Did you notice the pattern, by the way? It was ingenious of me. Every fill-in-the-blank was one word. Risk. Risk. Every fill-in-the-blank was one word. Risk. The risk for Jesus is always, always worth it. And this isn't some infomercial that you might find on TV and somebody's going to say for $19.99. I don't know why it's that way. But $19.99, you know, your, your spouse will think you're attractive again. You'll be more successful. You'll be able to water every spot in your yard. I don't know what it is. It's something, but those infomercials always promise something and they guarantee it so much so that whenever you and I hear the word guarantee, we're skeptical. We go, there's no, there's no guarantee. And then we meet Jesus. And what he says is a guarantee. And what he says actually does happen. And following Jesus, taking risk, is always, always, always worth it, even in perceived failure. Even in perceived failure. How does Jesus feel about failure? And I, I'm going to keep using that word perceived, because I think that Peter succeeded the moment he took a step. And perceive, how does Jesus feel about that? How does Jesus feel about your failure? What did he do with Jesus? Or, excuse me, what did he do with Peter? Ha! You're sinking. What'd you think? I was going to catch you or something? No. Oftentimes we can look at what Jesus didn't do to learn how he feels about what he did do. As soon as Peter, even though it was, it could have, you could characterize this as a mistake if you wanted to. As soon as Peter starts to sink, Jesus does what? Immediately, the word says. Immediately reached out and grabbed him. And you got to know if you've seen people in the water that get pulled out of the water, there's some embrace that's happening, right? And it might have been Peter going, ah! But there's some embrace that's happening. Jesus reached down, immediately grabbed Peter, embraced him, and puts him back in the boat. That's how Jesus feels about failure. 
Now, one of the things, here's the, here's the deal. The disciples had a benefit that you and I will not have until we see Jesus face to face. They had a benefit. They were with Jesus. They walked with Jesus. He trained them. He taught them every day. He said, this is what life following me looks like. Do this. And then he sends them, and then they come back, and they report to him. And he sends them again, and they come back, and they report to him. He was training them. He was teaching them. And then he goes on further, and he says to the, the, those that are closest to him, now what I want you to do moving forward is I want you to teach and train other people. And then this thing just exponentially grows, and every single follower of Jesus has that responsibility to teach and train someone else. And as a community of faith, we have a responsibility to present you or, or make something available to you that will give you some level of training. Some of that we do on Sunday morning. Some of that we do in small groups. Some of that we'll do in the next step class that's going to happen this Saturday. But there's another awesome opportunity that I want to talk with you about this morning that's going to equip you to take risk called the School of Kingdom Ministry. If you were here last week, I mentioned it. School of Kingdom Ministry. It's a course that's hosted. We're hosting it, but it's, it's formulated, put together, and presented by a vineyard church in Urbana, Illinois. Last year was the first time that we did it. We're doing it again this year. Classes start September 13th. I know that there's somebody that came in this morning that had no expectation for what was going to happen to them, and something's changing. Something is shifting. Like Some of you are considering, maybe even for the very first time, taking the School of Kingdom Ministry. And just to give a couple of administrative details, Ben mentioned the cost a little bit. Um, the cost of the, of the school is $350. Now that can be paid in a, a variety of ways, half now and half later or you know in a couple weeks half or whatever here's the thing about money don't let money keep you from taking it all right money should not keep you from taking it because we'll figure that out we'll figure that out the time commitment it meets every tuesday beginning september 13th september 13th tuesday night classes typically run from six to nine sometimes it gets out quicker than that six to eight thirty sometimes but that's generally the time frame for it but it's a risk. It's a risk, and it's going to prepare you to take more and more risks with a good, solid base. And I think that's one of the things that, that can be missed in this particular account with Peter. He had a good, solid base. He'd been walking with Jesus. For pity's sake, just the day before, he'd seen Jesus feed over, way over 5,000 people. So he had some context for the, for the miraculous. Sometimes we're stepping into, and we're hearing messages like this, and we're going, okay, I want to risk. But we don't have a lot of a foundation. School of Kingdom Ministry is going to give you that foundation. So I want you to consider that. I want you to pray about that. I want you to think this morning about what your boat is and what the risk is for you to step out of it. And then I want to pray for you and I want to release you into that risk. 